I'm Amanda. I'm Adeline. And today... Nope, that's also wrong. <laughs> what? You're listening to Life with Purpose. We always say that. How come we don't know our own intro? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I thought I, I thought we knew the intro. What is the intro? I'm Amanda. I'm Adeline. This is Life with Purpose podcast. Oh, and today we're talking about... Yes. Okay, go. I'm Amanda. <laughs> I'm Adeline, and today we're talking about... Nope, you messed up. Oh, oh my god. I'm Amanda. I'm Adeline. This is Life with Purpose podcast. And today we are talking about getting fired. Getting fired. Dun, dun, dun. So I thought we should start off today and share some getting fired horror stories no, on wait. the internet. I was going to tell you about our stats. Oh, replay. Go back before we start. Yeah. Okay. So I just thought it was really cool because I have this vision board and I made this on Canva. And Wait, did you design the template for it? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever thought about selling templates on Canva? Maybe. There's like, there's big money in it. You post them on Etsy and a couple other places. We'll talk about it later. This would be, I actually have been trying to do it, but I just haven't been really getting into it. Oh, yeah. I designed it. So this is my vision board. And I put like all of my projects on it um, and then like personal goals and then a bucket list. And those are like my my words of the year to be brave. I deserve good things. Love with purpose, which is part of my brand. Magic. I want things to be magical. Um, and then elevate. For some reason, I keep using the word elevate. I like that. Yeah. So one of my personal goals with the podcast was to reach 500 followers on TikTok, which uh, currently we were at 11 last time I checked, January 31st. So at the end of every month, I'll go in and check these stats. But at the end of January, January 31st, we had 11 followers on TikTok. I think we have like seven subscribers on YouTube. Nice. Um, And then on January 31st, we had 58 streams overall. So the cool thing about that, when you think about it, that's like 58 people staying in front of you listening to you talk. Right. Um, so it's super exciting, but... But I here we are 10 days later, and I looked at our stats, and we went... In 10 days, we went from 58 listens overall... Mm-hmm. to 90. Wow. Just in 10 days, which I think is really cool. That is really, really cool. I think it goes to show that we should, you know, probably keep doing this podcast because we have so much fun. I have so much fun recording this with you yeah. and, and, you know, doing these episodes. And it's nice to know that we're not just kind of shouting into an empty space on the internet. Yeah. Either way, I feel like it's, this is like therapy. Honestly, it is. It is therapeutic. You and I have said every single time we've gotten together to record, <laughs> every single time we've gotten together to record, we have left and our cups have been more full than when we started. Yeah. Every single time. And we talk about such difficult topics, but I think we do it in a way that is both like graceful mm-hmm. and funny and but still like serious enough to be purposeful. Yeah. That a lot of people sit with it. And yeah, so we're at we're at 90 streams from 10 days ago we were at 58 and my overall goal for the year I'd like to hit a thousand streams. So when we hit a thousand streams we are going to have some sort of special episode or celebration or something. Let's do a giveaway. Done. Maybe at a thousand streams, we'll like introduce some merch and we'll do a giveaway. All right. Yes, let's do it. But there was, I got a text message this last week from someone that I wanted to read to you. This is from an, a sorority sister of mine. And she said, so I have friend dates 
with a sorority sister once a month. And her and I have like another sorority sister that we keep in touch with. And the one who I was visiting, I'm not going to use their names because I don't know if they want me to, but the one who was visiting me said that she and the other listened to our podcast. And I texted her and I was like, she just told me you listen to my podcast. And she said, of course I do. I love you. And I want to support all of your endeavors. And I said, I'm so sorry. The audio is awful. <laughs> she said, you're just getting started. It's good so far. I like how the two of you have similar, but also very different experiences and opinions especially since you're doing pretty heavy topics, it helps it not feel like this is how you should feel. I have the answers. Um, and so that was her feedback. Oh, that's awesome. And I thought it was really good feedback. Wow. But it also, it just, it meant the world to me. And my younger sister told me that she listens. One of our groomsmen or grooms person, Haley, she just told me that she listened to all of all of them. Thank you, Haley. Thank you. When you listen to this episode, just know. And to everybody else who is listening, it I think it makes us feel really special. And I personally feel super motivated to keep making these episodes because like what you said earlier, I leave and there's been something poured into my cup. Yes. And I love this like weird new relationship that we have with the people who watch these podcasts. Right. I What I'm most excited for is for people to start leaving feedback where we can mutually see it. Yeah. So leave reviews, email us. Yeah, we would. I really want to hear what people think about the podcast. Constructive criticism is welcome because we are just getting started. I mean, or if there's anything you'd like to see us talk about, I'm really interested to hear what people right. think. And let us know what you think. Let us tell us your stories, your experiences, mm-hmm. if you have anything to add. I would really love to do some uh, user content videos yeah. where we just read like, hey, this is how I felt after the boundaries episode and I wanted to share this story or I, I would love to do some of those. But in any regard, I just wanted to say that our growth, even over the last 10 days, has felt so good. And every time someone that I know messages me and tells me that they listen to my podcast, <laughs> I'm both... <laughs> so touched and mortified because we all hate the sound of our own voice. Well, that's how I feel. I'm, I struggle to promote it within my social circle because I don't even want to watch the podcast, but that's just because like social anxiety. I actually, I'm really, I like to, to listen to it and not overanalyze it so much. I think that's really important. So I, I listen to it after it comes out. I listen to it on my drive home. Mm-hmm. So the episode always drops as I'm leaving work, I schedule them and it drops as I'm leaving work. And so on the drive home, I'll listen to it. And I kind of like relive our conversation. And I Mm -hmm. think about all the kind of funny things that happen behind the scene. Mm -hmm. But it also it's still it's just therapeutic for me to hear. (laughs) It's almost like I'm listening to myself grow. Yeah. And I am getting to see it in real time. And that feels really good. But in any case, we I just wanted to give like a personal thank you to everyone who listens and let you guys know that that means a lot, but that we do want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Also, I wanted to say, I just wanted to laugh again about how awkward we were. The other day. <laughs> so, okay. We have to, we have to share this story then. So I'll, I guess I'll share from my perspective. So I'm at the, <laughs> the grocery store. Just, I was getting soup and mushrooms or something random like that. Uh-huh. And, um, obviously me and Mandy, like Amanda, (laughs) here we go again. again. Obviously you and I, Amanda are friends. Yes. Yes. We're good enough friends that this shouldn't be 
so weird. Somebody says my name and I look up and it's you and your fiance. And I just thought it was so funny. I was so caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how are you? And I was like, I'm bad. And you're like, I'm really bad. And you're like, oh. And it was just like this kind of this beat where I don't think either of us knew what to say. And I think I might have just like, oh, my God, I can't even remember how. I think we just like caught up for a second. Oh, it was good to see you. And then I went to go check out. And I was I, I did the self-checkout. And as I was walking out of the self-checkout, you guys come in to another one of the little self-checkouts at Walmart. Yeah. And I had spent the last five minutes from seeing you feeling super bad about not having asked you how you were as well. So as soon as I saw you, I was like, hi, friend. I was like, I'm sorry. Um, I'm a super obsessed being who, who, who forgot to ask how you. I'm so rude. And you were like, oh, it's... It's okay. And it's just like the whole thing was just super awkward as if we haven't hung out or ever seen each other in public. Yes. It was, it was like, oh, so uncomfortable. For the first time we had seen each other in a context that was not work or going on a weekend long trip or filming the podcast. Like, that's kind of weird then that we did all these other things before we've seen each other. We've literally spent the night together. (laughs) And but we haven't ever been in a, in no, a gr- we, ha- we have been one time we were in a grocery store together but it was, we were prepared for that we were preparing for camping mm-hmm. yeah I just I don't think that you and I ever <laughs> were prepared to see each other in public and I was just as awkward as you were I was like why do I feel like I don't know what to talk to you about because I always know what to talk to you about <laughs> we don't have a shortage of things to talk about that's why we do a podcast is because we have so much to say but at this yeah at the grocery store I just felt like neither of us it was hilarious. So I, yeah, you texted me and I was like, I can't believe how awkward we just were. It was just like we'd seen each other out of context. Well, I think it would have been a little bit better if I felt like I was in like 100% myself. Mm-hmm. I was going through something that day and was like trying to be in and out of the store. And I just was, so, I was so not expecting, it was not expecting to see any, I never see anyone I know. At that yeah, moment. I never do either. Yeah, but I mean, that's the one I go to. So I guess maybe we'll. I used to go to the one on the other side of town. Oh, yeah. Um, but since I moved. That one's also super shady. Yeah, I think it might be worse than the one that we were at. But the one that we were at is pretty bad. Eesh. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My, my cheeks hurt a little bit from smiling about that because, <laughs> yeah, super awkward. And I think super out of, out of character, uncharacteristic for us. Mm-hmm. We were like, what do we talk about? We're standing in front of the cucumbers. (laughs) Should I make a cucumber joke? (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, it was it was funny. We walked away and both of us felt socially anxious about it. It was so weird. (laughs) Dying. Okay. So today we're talking about getting fired. Yes. Or even job horror stories. Um, You know, I have plenty of those. mm -hmm. Yes. Um, We no longer work together because of a job horror story. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's that's my truth. That's how I feel about it. It was pretty... I mean, that job is horrific. Okay, so... Getting fired... Job job horror horror stories. The one... So we we did do retail horror stories, but... The one, the place where we worked, I still work there. Adeline decided to quit because it was necessary. Yes, for my sanity. It's awful. I don't even, maybe one day we'll tell that story on here, but not now. Not, not now. No, it's not a today's story. Uh, you found a couple horror stories. To I did. So the first one that I found. All right. So a horror story that I have for us today. This one's actually from the point of the employer. 
I'm a supervisor at a landscaping company. I hired a woman in her early 40s because she seemed like a good hire, experience and whatnot. A month went by without any issues. That was until a good employee of mine up and quit without any reason. When I met him to give him his last check, he showed me text message after text message of that woman sending dirty text messages without him responding. This created problems for that employee and his wife, so she gave him an ultimatum, her or the job, so he quit. Oh my god. After doing a little digging, I found out he was not the only one. She would send text and Facebook messages to half of the company. Also, I found out she ended up making a deal with another employee that if I traded sexual favors, he would mow the yard by himself. Oh, that that if traded sexual favors, he would mow the yard by himself. I read off every text message that I saw via print-off transcripts and asked if she actually sent those. She admitted to everything. Both employees were obviously fired. Wow. Wow. Um, a validation thing? Or like a, a, a secret sort of thing? Or black. Wow, some sort of thing. Oh my god. Okay, so I have, because it's relevant, Mm -hmm. I I know you know I have a million stories. Please share. But this one is, I thought it was really funny because in a previous episode, I slipped about something. When we talked about me getting assaulted at Office Max, I said that my manager there was like this really cool guy. Mm -hmm. What's funny is that he was, he was really great. He promoted me quickly. He, I really enjoyed working with him mm-hmm. until he started rubbing my shoulders all the time. Eesh. And then because there was another manager and her and I were close and she was like a little bit older and it was like a joke. And like, mm-hmm. we would like rub each other's shoulders and be like, oh, we have to lift all these heavy chairs and like, let me work that knot out for you, you know? Mm-hmm. But then like he would like get involved and she really cared about him I think she was kind of in love with him and so she would let it happen and then I was still too young to know that that was workplace sexual harassment yeah and then there was this day where I was just having a bad day and we were over in the printing section and he could tell I was in a bad mood and he was trying to cheer me up and he looked at me and said give me a kiss married man with children yuck and I was like no and he was like come on And I was like, I'm not kissing you. And then a little while later, he kind of was like, oh, I was just kidding. I was just trying to get you to laugh. Mm. But in the following weeks, subsequently, he started treating me differently. And there was this day we had to do things like sell like the protection plans for printers and stuff like that. And we had a certain goal we had to meet. And there was this day that I was not meeting those sales goals. And he was just coming down on me hard for it. Just Every time I turned around, he had something to say about it. And I was so upset. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, I, I'm leaving. And he said, if you walk out that door, you're not coming back. And I said, okay, see ya. <laughs> and then I left. And the next day he called me and said, are you coming to your shift today? And I said, no, you told me if I left, I wasn't coming back. So I'm not coming back. <laughs> and he was like, what can I do to make you come back? And give me a kiss. <laughs> I just told him to kick rocks. Anyways. Yeah. So I, yeah, don't turn the tables back on him. Bad idea. I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was funny when I listened to that episode, I was like, oh, he was a super cool manager mm-hmm. and he was until he wasn't. That's how it all goes. But I, I didn't know at the time that I was experiencing workplace sexual harassment and I probably had a good lawsuit in my hands. Oh Yeah. And I should have gone for it, but I, I was... That takes time and energy and money. 
I was young. I didn't know better. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Ugh, skin crawl. Yeah. Well, do you want to read another story? Yeah, let's read the next one. I hired a guy who would take his paychecks on Fridays, disappear for lunch, and then not show up again until like Tuesday. I got to the point where I'd hang on to his check, everyone's checks, until Friday afternoon if I needed him to do stuff. He was blowing his whole check on booze and crack. When he was there and straight and sober, he was the best guy I had. I'd been to this manager's workshop by HR and they straight up specifically said, You can't fire someone just for being an addict. If they wreck a company vehicle or something while under the influence, then sure. This guy wouldn't drink or use on site. He'd just disappear so I couldn't fire him. And I didn't really want to. One day he didn't show up. No phone call. He'd been dating this woman who also worked for the same company. And she turned up in my office and told me he wasn't going to be there for 30 days. I asked if he could call me because I needed to hear directly from him or it was job abandonment. Nope, he can't call you. Well, can I call him? Nope. I looked at her a second and said, girlfriend, 30 days out of pocket means one of two things to me. Either he's in jail, in which case he's fired, Mm -hmm. or he's in rehab, in which case I can hold his job open because of FMLA. I really need to know what's up with him. Well, he was in rehab, spent Christmas in rehab, and when he got out, he stayed clean and sober, married a woman, and was a model employee. And later, long after I left the company, he was fired for harassment. He passed away a couple years later from pancreatic cancer. Wow. Yikes. That's a rough story. That is a rough story. That's sad. So close. And then he just, wow. Almost made it. So close and so Mm. far. No, one time my mom told me that she got a job working at the fire camps in California, fighting fires. And I found out that that's what they make prisoners do. My mom was in jail. (laughs) So she lied about her job. I mean, she, she was probably working the fires, but because yeah. she was a prisoner. <laughs> I told you I have stories for days. I have terrible job wow. stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, get this. Was forced to hire a crazy person due to a new policy. If people were on layoff lists everywhere, you had to hire them. She even failed the interview. What? The correct answer to how to calm down an irate customer is not berate them publicly because that calms people down. (laughs) (laughs) I looked like an idiot to staff because of course I had to pretend this was a great hire because A, it's not fair to prejudice people and B, in the eventual firing paperwork, I can't do anything wrong. Highlights of the person's crazy said, hmm, I don't have to listen to you to every employee training on her very first day. Reminds me of somebody. Had both the UPS driver and copy machine repair people, who are lovely, kind people, in my office with red faces saying they wouldn't return if she was at the receptionist desk. Desk. Refused to let legitimate people into the office, yet escorted people into the back cashier area after hours. She stalked my boss home on public transport. She failed a filing assignment with a 50% error rate. Every single day I had an employee in my office saying that she had said something insulting or weird to them. Again, they thought I was crazy because I'd listen to the complaint, then tell them that I expected everyone to behave professionally and there should be no retaliation. Her excuse for one exchange, she's from a different island in the Philippines. What the hell? Okay. Me inwardly rolling my eyes. 
Well, here at this office, we treat everyone with respect and professionalism, no matter the differences in gender, race, ethnicity, country of origin, or island of the Philippines. <laughs> HR made this keeper for four months before agreeing to fire her. Oh my god, what kind of company policy forces... I don't get the layoff list sort of thing. I mean, maybe, what if they were laid off for a reason? Yeah, they usually are. Huh. Interesting. Wow. I have a story for us. Yeah. So the only time that I have been fired, it was, I had wanted to quit for a while and I think she wanted to fire me for a while, but it was like a game of chicken. Oh, I remember this. Mm -hmm. And it ended, I guess let me back it up. So I got hired in an industry that I didn't have experience in and I had applied because I heard this, like this. I had read this thing or heard this thing where it was like somebody saying, you know, I like, I just apply for any job that I want to that seems interesting because if I don't get it, then I lost nothing. And if I do get it, I can turn it down or I can try my best. And if if you don't lie about your prerequisites and you do get this job that you're not qualified for, again, what do you have to lose? Like they hired you knowing. So anyways, I saw this job listing for this industry that I had, I was really, really curious about being in, but I like I said, did not have any experience in. And I was completely honest about that. I had just enough experience in it that it wasn't so far out that I got hired, but nothing really needed to to be successful at this job, clearly. And I was there for two, two months, two and a half months. No, about two months. And it was, oh my gosh, it was a crap show. She would just like explode over these tiny little things at me. And then she would also like, like for instance, I don't know if I should share the industry, but I guess it doesn't really matter. So I had gotten hired at this, this equestrian barn and it had like over 30 horses and I have a little bit of riding experience, but I don't have experience caring for 30 horses. And I told her that and she was like, you know, I really, really like you. She was like, I don't care that you don't have the experience. I'm happy to train you. And a week into the job, she was like, I don't want to train you. And I was like, oh, okay. Are you letting me go? And she was like, no. I just need you to be better. And I was like, okay. Let me be better with no instruction. I can try. And she was like, well, I'm thinking of hiring somebody to like, like take over some of your job duties and help train you. And I, she, cause she was like, I don't think this is a one person job. I think it's a two person. And she was like, I don't have the time to be that second person. And I was like, okay. And I felt pretty okay about that. But she left these important legal documents in a bucket by her leaky hose and then when she saw that they had gotten wet she was screaming at me across this barn in front of all these clients and I was like miss you left your legal documents in a bucket next to your hose that has a cut in it you knew that it had this cut in it you knew it sprayed why was this my fault she's like you need to be more careful and I was like maybe you should patch up your hose and maybe you should remember that you work in a barn yeah no she owns the barn it was on her property and so I was like this is your life how do you how is this what what super confused we don't bring legal documents around farm animals and no kidding and this there was this horse that was laying down in their stall and was not feeling well and i was kind of like thinking that she was like just come and tell me anytime you see anything weird and i had told her once in the first week i was like is this this is the kind of thing you mean she goes no that's fine and it was similar to that 
they were just laying down in their in their run, not in the inside stall. And um, she was like, yeah, that horse does that. And I was like, okay, so how do you tell the difference between um, a horse laying down because they're sick and a horse that's not? And she's like, well, extended periods of time and then based on their personality. And she was like, and you'll just figure it out based on the horse. And so then a couple of days later, there was this horse that was laying down in the stall. And I had, this was like my first week. And so... I was like, well, I just asked her this the other day and I was like, I'm going to wait like an hour and see if this horse is still laying down. Then I'll go say something to her because she was in the middle of a lesson and giving a lesson to somebody. And so I went, oh, oh, and somebody else, another client was like, that horse is laying down and I know they don't usually do that. And she lost it at me because the horse was sick. But I was like, you know, I was like, we just went through this a couple days ago and I was just going to see if the horse didn't get up. And she's like, how could you not notice that? How could you not notice that? And I was like, I did notice. And this, I did what you told me to do. And she just couldn't let it go. And so since then it was like, I dreaded being there constantly. The only reason I went there was because I I loved, I liked the job. Mm -hmm. I really, really, really did. But she made it really, really difficult. She, I think, resented me. And then she ended up hiring this new girl. And um, this new girl had made a couple comments, which is her friend of 10 years, made a few comments on how I was being treated by her. And I was like, probably a little too honest. And I was like, yeah, sometimes I think the way she treats me is out of pocket. It's too extreme. Like I was like, she knows what my work experience is if she doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. And so two weeks later, I was like, Hey, I'd really like the 4th of July off. I want to do this thing with my family. And when I I asked her when I was coming back, like during my break, I said, should I come at seven or eight? And she was like, I think it's best if I did tell you. Yeah. So yeah. And I just told her, I was like, Okay, great. We're on the same page because I had wanted to quit so bad. I had wanted to quit so bad because of the way this woman was treating me, but I refused to buckle. I just felt like if she wanted me gone bad enough to treat me like that, she was going to have to fire me. Yeah. Because I was not about to walk away. It was pure spite, pure stubbornness. And I loved the job. I know not many people can say that they genuinely enjoy cleaning up 30 horses um stall messes and feeding them every day an hour away from your house at seven in the morning but I really enjoyed it it was really beautiful and so when she said that to me it was like it was so bittersweet but it was honestly the worst and best job I've ever had interesting yeah Hmm. and the closest I've ever been to getting fired so I've been fired a handful of times I think only once did I really deserve it. Mm-hmm. First job I was fired from, I was working as like a receptionist slash assistant in a real estate office. And I was going through a breakup with the the first man I thought I was going to marry. We had just broken up. And one day at work, I just could not stop crying. I was having such a hard time. This is before I was diagnosed as bipolar. This mm-hmm. is before I knew about depression and anxiety. I didn't know about any of that yet, but I just could not stop crying. And another person had offered to take over for me. And the big boss came out and was like, absolutely not. You have work to do today. And she kind of was like, buck up, Mm. get it together. You work the front desk. People can't, clients can't come in here and see you sobbing all day. So I had to like (laughs) get through my shift, like through like these heated breaths. Mm -hmm. And before the day was over, she called me into her office and told me she was letting me go. Wow, because of one bad day. Because of one bad day, and I just, I could not stop crying. Oh my gosh. I feel like, though, in those instances, they they had you been gunning for you for a while. 
there was something about me that like I wasn't doing or I wasn't cutting or she just didn't like me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There had to have been something. It can't just have been because I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. Well, when, when employers, even people find a reason like that to fire you or cut you out or whatever it is that it's, that's a last straw sort of deal. I mean, if you just weren't fitting in the position, but th- there's no, there's no way they were like, oh, she's really sad today. Screw her. Now she's out of a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, in the real estate agents loved me. Yeah. The other front desk people loved me. I didn't have like enemies at this job. I just, but I, I must have been doing something wrong. That was really, that was my first job in college. And so it was kind of my first, Mm. I was living on my own while I was living in the dorms, but that was like my first experience at like a quote unquote real world job as Mm. an adult and not as a teenager. Uh, Another job that I was fired from was at the university and I worked in the journalism department. I So the second job, I, I worked in the journalism department. I thought I wanted to be a journalism major. But I just basically worked in the department where students could check in and check out cameras and video equipment and stuff. I don't know what I did wrong at this job. Genuinely don't know. Sometimes you could pick up hours and work over spring break. And I never went home during spring and Thanksgiving break. I stayed on campus. And so I picked up hours and I worked like I thought I could. They had approved it. But then she called me into her office the following Monday morning and said that the hours weren't approved and that they were letting me go. She told me I worked too many hours that week and let me go. I don't know what I did at this job. Wow, that's a, I've never heard of someone being fired for that reason. Yeah. Not like that. It was really weird. And then the third time I was fired, I worked as a waitress at a restaurant. Again, I I don't know what I did. I got along with the staff really well. We the, 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 none of these employers employers told you why? Mm-mm. This one this one I did get an answer to. So I worked at a restaurant and I got on with the entire staff. We were all friends. We would all go out together Mm -hmm. and I wasn't the best waitress in the world. I will give them that, but I wasn't bad. It's easy and it's not hard. It's not hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's hard to mess up as a waitress. Yes. We got this new manager and he came in like ready to shake things up. Those kind of managers, they like arrive on spot and they want to shake things up, call the meeting Said we were going to be doing all of these new things. Everything was crazy. Anyways, I, I come in for a shift one day and work my shift. And then he calls me into the office at the end of the shift and says he's letting me go because his friends, he had two friends who were secret shoppers and I got their table that day and he, he they said that I was really rude to them. And so I... I, I cried at that one. I was like, I was absolutely not rude to anyone. And then all of the other waiters and waitresses were like texting the head manager. And they were like, this is bullshit. She didn't deserve this. They were sending me texts. I can't believe he let you go. Wow. He said it was because I was rude to a secret shopper. And they were his friends. And they were his friends. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So the, like, the only... The, I've been fired, but it really felt very unwarranted. The one time I did deserve being fired, I worked at... So I, I work at a firm now. The one time 
I feel like it was warranted that I was fired. I worked at another firm and doing like the assistant work that I do. When I got hired, they told me that I could take courses and go to school at the same time and that they would work with my schedule. They also hired me at a higher pay rate. And then they said after 60 days, 60 or 90 days that I would start getting bonuses. So they, those were three stipulations of me getting hired. When I did get hired and it was time for me to enroll in school, they told me that they couldn't work with my schedule and that I needed to make a choice school or my job. And I got on the elevator with one of the upper management people. And he was like, so when do you start school? And I was like, I'm a first-generation college student. I cannot afford to go to school without a job. So I had to pick my job. And he was like, oh, very out-of-touch man. I was like, why else? Do you really think that I want to do schoolwork and work at the same time? No. So right off the bat, told me they wouldn't work with the school school schedule. Wow. Did not give me the amount of money that they had initially said I would earn. And then after... 90 days moved me from a bonusing team because the bonuses were contingent on your associate and certain parameters moved me from a team that always bonused to a team that never bonused. And so I wasn't offered that bonus. And so I sent an email to HR and basically was like, I am really unhappy with these working conditions. I was promised these things. These things are not being given to me. What do I have to do? And like, basically in this email, I was like, I'm upset. Mm -hmm. A week later, they told me that I didn't fit the company culture and let me go. Yeah. So then I was hired immediately. Thankfully, I found a job a week later at their competitor, one of their competitors. And here I am. This will be my sixth year. I'm going on six years at this job. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So I guess it ended up working out. It ended up working out. You know, I had, um, I had a friend who went through something sort of similar. They got hired at a job and they were promised a certain amount of hours and a certain amount of pay. And then it was, the promise was, In the first month, they would get a raise after 30 days just for for being there and um, learning how to do the job. And then there was some other sort of scale. I think it was like six months and then nine months or something like that and then a year. And they reached the the month mark and the employer was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. They're like, what do you, that was never promised. That was, oh, it's something you can earn, but you know, and he was so, so upset. And all I could do was sit there and be like, you didn't get this in writing? It's their word against yours. Like, that is, it's a dirty, nasty trick. Yes. I mean, it's it's like um, holding up a bouquet and the front is covered in roses. But when you, when they hand you the bouquet and you turn it around, you see the back of it's dead. And that's a really interesting metaphor. But yeah, so one thing I figured out pretty quick is unless they put it in writing, there is nothing you can do. And anytime now going forward, an employer says something like that to me, and that is a that is something that's like a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's um, it depends on they say you get a, a raise after a month, and that's a big reason why I'm taking the job. I've had to learn because of similar situations like that, um, especially when I was younger in high school, that you have to ask for it in writing. And what I've seen is that sometimes companies backtrack immediately. And it just makes it that much more obvious how they're trying to pull one over on you. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, for but sure. most of the companies that promise this stuff have the money to do it. So I don't really understand. I don't really understand what the big deal is. We should a couple of dollars doesn't make so much of a difference to a corporation like say the job that we used to work at. Which, by the way, I keep getting emails about them hiring for my position. Oh, that's funny. From from our location and from all the ones around. So in my email, I literally get ads. For the position. For the position that you quit. Yes. And the worst part is they're hiring for more money than they were paying for. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. By at least a dollar for what you were getting, which I got because I was like, you have several years more experience in the same position than I do. Mm-hmm. But for them to change the starting pay to that, oh, I'm like fuming over here. <laughs> I'm actually trying. I've been asking for more and I've been unsuccessful. Where? Well, there's this, the person who trained me, which wasn't our, our store manager. Mm-hmm. And so this person trained me, and while I was getting trained, he told me he was thinking of leaving. And that, should, that was my first red flag. But I asked him why, and he said it was because he was trying to get this raise, and they refused. And he said, if you don't give me this raise, I'm barely going to... He basically professionally insinuated he wasn't even going to give him the full two weeks. Wow. And they were like, do it then. Corporate said, do it then. Basically, is my insinuation. And when he said, he was like, they didn't even bat an eye. They were like, they, they, oh, they specifically told him that he was replaceable. What sucks when corporate does that, though, is that they're not, they're hurting the people who stay. They're making it harder. They just made it harder for that store manager and they just made it harder for all the people who have to pick up those shifts. The thing about when corporate does that is that they're they're still hurting their business because by doing things like that, that manager quit then without his two weeks notice and left the current store manager hanging. Then those those managers get burned out and then they leave for the same reason and then they have to replace someone all over again and it just the thing about corporate jobs that sucks is that they really don't care about the little guys and the little guys really are the backbone of the company oh yeah i mean the amount of people that have walked out on us mid shift at that at uh, job we met at um it's happened to me it's happened yeah. to me twice now And then, I mean, the fact that it also came to such a head for me that I left how I did, which I have never done, never, not once for any job, Mm -hmm. no matter how bad it has always been. I have always given the the two weeks and I have always been like professional and mature about it, but it was the, the, the level of which they did not care. Mm -hmm. I just. I didn't have space for it. You weren't there for it. No. And I'm like, the fact that it, it was, I'll share this a little bit with our, our listeners. When your physical safety is called into question and there is a less than empathetic response from the higher ups mm-hmm. and really the cherry on top for me was the lack of response from our city police department mm-hmm. where I was like, I have, I own a business I can make up this income. I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually make the same amount of money in four hours that I make in three shifts at that job. Wow. Yeah. 
So you really didn't need it. No, but it's still, it's things are tight, but like. But it, it's nice to have yeah. that cushion. I get it. And that's, that's kind of why I didn't quit is because I am kind of just not in a position. I get a certain amount of flexibility there that I don't think that I would find elsewhere. It's hard in retail. That's, that's really one of the only places that's, that you can find that flexibility. Yeah. And they're just, I'm ready to leave because I would like to move on to different endeavors mm-hmm. and I wish I had more time for things like the podcast or my personal YouTube channel or my clothing brand. Mm. I have all of these goals and I find it really hard to work on them because I'm working two jobs, Mm -hmm. but I just financially, I am putting myself in a better position. Well, and you have this massive wedding coming up Mm -hmm. and after that, you're going to be saving for a house. And so if you didn't have the wedding, you maybe it would be more realistic to consider quitting, but Mm -hmm. you're just not in that position right now. And that's really tough because of the place that that job could put you. Mm -hmm. And to to be totally frank, if I had gotten even a dollar raise, I probably wouldn't have quit. Yeah. Because that would have at least shown that they cared even a little bit. It's not a dollar doesn't make that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Not really. But it would have been an act of good goodwill and say like, hey, listen, we do we do value value you even a little bit as an employee. We would like you to stay. We're going to, you know, yeah. I know the district manager had said that he was really disappointed that I didn't reach out. But honestly, I didn't really expect and Much I think, of a response. Yeah, and, and that my feelings about that were validated in the response that he gave the rest of the team in the aftermath of everything that kind of happened. So, mm-hmm. I mean, man, corporations, should, they just really don't care. I feel like our listeners are going to be like, what is the tea? These, this is such vague drama. <laughs> I have well, to know. <laughs> I would really love to see some comments and emails. If you're interested in this story, I... Would definitely consider sharing it if um, if people reach out and say they do want to hear it. Yeah. So we've done a lot of discourse on like quitting, mm-hmm. but in terms of getting fired, how do you feel like getting fired shapes a person? Here, here's the thing: is that Josh, Josh especially likes those kind of podcasts with the big burly men who are like one door closes and another one opens and something better is waiting for you and you just got to get out there and do it and like you can do it and you know what I'm talking about and I think that has a place a time and a place and it's really really helpful it's a helpful narrative because I think that getting fired can really mess with a person's self-worth my experience at the barn the story that I told earlier in the episode I wasn't even traditionally fired but it was like this breakdown of my ability to succeed. I felt like because I wasn't treated with respect and wasn't wanted in that position, even though it really had nothing to do with my personality, that's the only reason why I stayed. I think that as a concept where you're you're at a job because of necessity mm-hmm. and you're at a job because you want to be there to whatever extent. Mm -hmm. And you're at that job because your employers want you to be there. So to get fired and not see it coming, if there's no other factors in your life at that moment, I think that it's honestly, it's not that rough if you're not very emotionally invested, but like everyone does, there's so much happening in life, a million things that everybody has going on and everybody has their, their, their sad story or their traumas or whatever. 
most people do invest in their job. And at that point, it feels like it sometimes I think feels like a stab in the back. It feels like getting hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As someone who's been fired four times, <laughs> four times now. But and again, to be fair, in each of those situations, I really never feel like I've never been fired because I was constantly late or mm-hmm. because I didn't perform the job or because I was rude or harassed my coworker. I've never been fired for one of those really stringent reasons. I've always been fired for something just really niche. And I, I don't, that's how, that's how I felt at the barn where the place that we ended up, I was like, this is, this is because I take this amount of time filling up the water. Or, or she, she, she made a really nasty comment about me trying to unhook the hose. And I'm like, do you, I actually asked her, I was like, do you like, do you even, do you like me? Because I don't think that you do. I was yeah. like, are you mad at me? And she was like, no, and honey, I just want you to know, I, I do, I really do like you. That's why I hired you. I feel like we have to do some sort of follow-up, follow-up episode on <laughs> terrible bosses. All Maybe right. we should drink some wine, watch, <laughs> watch the movie, and then do an episode on horrible bosses. Uh-huh. I've had a few horrible bosses. I have had a few horrible bosses too. And in hindsight, now looking back, I think those bosses were less horrible and more strictly holding me accountable. And I wasn't in a place to want that sort of structure in a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a boss that I didn't have respect for as an adult in the the workplace. The only time I lost respect for a boss was when somebody started treating me bad, like personally, like personal jabs where I was like, this is unnecessary. The thing that I love about the current work market, and actually I think this, I had put in our in our podcast plan to do um, do an episode on working for the weekends and working our lives away. I saw that on the list. Yeah. So, um, and I think this kind of is cohesive with that. But one thing that I do enjoy about the current job market is that millennials are becoming bosses. And millennials really were that first generation that said, fuck you to the big man. Mm-hmm. We care about emotions. We care about mental health. We care about we care about the employee making a living wage. And now those people are finally starting to climb the ranks and take the places of the boomers and the Gen Xers. And we we are no longer expected to be married to our jobs. We and so I really love that that's kind of it's going to change for future generations. So you said earlier, you said something just now about being married to your job. You said something just a little bit back about getting fired feels like getting hit by a bus. Why do you feel like, do you think that the way that we're expected to invest into our jobs and attach them to our, our self-worth as a person is consistent with the history of work culture? In, in the States, I mean, do you think it's been getting any better? You've been, you've been working in the incomparable industries for the last 10 years. And mm-hmm. I'd like to hear your thoughts on how that might've, this is my, on how this has maybe started to change. Yeah. So. Or not. Yes and no. I think I, so I really am. I think I'm, I'm a millennial. I am, a, I think you're a gen. Zier. You're not a millennial. I am a millennial. No, no. My yes. mom's a millennial. No. 
Yes. Millennials. We're gonna, we're gonna look this up. Millennials can go back as like as far back as like the 1980s, though. I was born in 1991. That is 100 percent a millennial. Oh, it's all it's. It's like 15 years. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the millennials really are the people who were coming of age at the turn of the millennium. That's where that comes from. And I was nine years old in the year 2000. I'm cutting that out because I don't want people to know how old I am. <laughs> well, I also don't want people to know how old I am. Um, whoa. But I don't say that I'm Gen Z. Oh, wait, no, that could still be 97. Oh, the, it's the youngest generation with adult members. It's the definition of Gen Z. 97 to 2013. Mm-hmm. What's crazy 2013, is that- Children born, sorry, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Children born in 2013 are not adults. That's 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, still in the same generation? People tend, that's, I'm not in the same generation as a 10-year-old. What's crazy is that Gen Z are having babies now. Yeah, I have a lot of, I have a, I have a nephew. I have a nephew who has a baby. Oh, the nephew thing. You could have a nephew that's older. Just oh, by the way. You're my nephew is way younger than me. But anyways, so. So, wait. Are we gonna, I'm shocked. Okay, so continue. But you're taking out. No, it's fine. I'll take out a good chunk of that. So, <laughs> millennials are in this interesting. They sit in this weird pocket where we had to go through all the same experiences as boomers Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z. We've really experienced four generations in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because Gen X still took on the way of thinking that boomers did. Um, And they were still like, respect your elders. You know, you work your your 40 hour work week and you stay at a good job until retirement. And then you walk away with a decent a decent pocket full for retirement. They, that's all that they ever knew, but we hadn't quite hit the point in time where people started saying living life this way is literally killing us. Our mental health is deteriorating. Suicide rates are higher than ever. They Gen X hadn't learned that yet. Mm-hmm. It was the millennials who learned that. And so, and that was like kind of at the end of that generation. And so as we're entering the workforce, some of our bosses are still boomers. Boomers are still working. Mm -hmm. So we're having to fight with them on that mentality that you're married to your job. And then those start to fall away. Then we're still fighting with those Gen Xers. And so now here we are, Gen Z is growing up. Gen Z has jobs and babies and are getting married. And those Gen Xers are finally falling off. And the millennials who are like, we had to fight with them to earn you these opportunities. And so like, we want you to live that way. So millennials, it's, we, I think internally still fight with that. We still tie our self-worth to what we were taught, but we're just, we're also the generation who's starting to say, but no, I have to teach myself different. So I guess the difference between your generation and, and mine is that I feel I, my self-worth is not tied to my job. I'm not married to any job. I am like flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> and that's a social culture of, of people in my, my age bracket, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not that far apart, but if you look at the way that we see our, our, our work lives or mm-hmm. our work life balance, oh my gosh, worlds. Oh yeah. And I think what's funny is that when people say that, Gen Z is entitled. 
First of all, every older generation hates every younger generation. Every older generation has always said that the newest generation is entitled and the newest generation is all this wrong. And, and whiny. Yeah, it has always been said because that is, that's youth. Yeah. It's, it's always youth. Children just, are entitled. Children are whiny, you know. I don't think that Gen Z is entitled. I think Gen Z is finally, they have finally broken the cycle and they are saying, I'm not throwing away my life to be married to this job, which again is, is more stuff that I would really love to touch base with in working for the weekend. But what I meant when I said that getting fired was like getting hit by a bus was that is someone who has had to climb my way up the financial ladder. I didn't learn about finances as a kid. Everything I know as an adult, I learned as an adult. And that was after destroying my credit and putting myself into thousands of dollars of debt. So everything I know financially, I've had to teach myself. And part of that was living paycheck to paycheck. And when you get fired and you're living paycheck to paycheck it's horrifying and you don't know where because I can't I can't call my parents and ask them for money the same way that other people can because my parents don't have it my parents didn't learn about money either so what I meant when I said it's like getting hit by a bus it's it's it really it takes the air out of you because you're like what am I gonna do and thankfully I have been fortunate enough that I have always been really good at getting jobs so I usually can pull my bootstraps on within a week or two of getting fired, having now done it four times. <laughs> Got a lot of practice in. I have practice, but it just, yeah, for, and I, I have empathy now for people who have to go through that. Where, where is my next yeah. meal coming from? Because I have $2 and I just lost my job. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, that is. It's a lot of food for thought on on getting fired. I mean, I think that outside of it being a shocking and traumatic thing, it can be relieving in some situations. Mm -hmm. It can be soul crushing. It is often, well, in your experience, sudden and unexpected. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it is that way for people who are... Lousy workers. I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know. I've heard of some stories where they're like, oh, I'm getting fired. I can't believe it. Really? Really? You had to know you sucked at this job. (laughs) (laughs) Are are you sure? You had no idea this was coming. (laughs) Not even a little. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Anyways, as, as they say, though, in those macho podcasts, you know, one door closes and a window opens. I don't know. Book up. Buck up. Put on your bootstraps. Or I think it's pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh You know what, though? I think, didn't they say that um, one of the examples that they always use in those, like, super, like, positive ways of thinking, I think Oprah was fired. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oprah was fired, and then she went on to be one of the richest women in the world. And so everyone's like, you could be like Oprah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I'll... I don't think I'll ever be Oprah. I don't know. Don't what out. We could be Oprah. Like, I'm just manifesting our first thousand listens. That's all I'm focused on right now. And (laughs) if we could get a sponsor, that would be great. I would love to have a sponsor for our podcast. I would love to have um, comments. That would be cool. Comments. I'd like to hear from people. I'd like to hear comments and emails. Like I wanna I wanna hear from the people that listen to our podcasts. Um you really, it, really want I listen- really do. You really want the listeners to pipe in. Like I don't even care about the streams. It doesn't the streams don't have to go up. I'd like people that are already listening to say something about it. 
to say something about it. Well, on that note, I think I think we're pretty much well to do for today. Also, I really have to pee. I have to pee for like. What's our closing thing? Is it? Do we say anything? No. We should say something. I don't think we have a closing remark yet. I'm Amanda. <laughs> oh no no no! no. How, what what? what? You heard about getting fired and quitting. This is Purpose With Life. I'm Amanda. This is Purpose With Life? I'm trying to do it backwards. Oh. Because <laughs> it's like a closing, you know? Oh, like okay. I'm really... I wish you... I could speak Pig Latin because that's what I want to do right now. When you do uh, when you do a bit, I like really don't pick <laughs> up on it. So I'm like, I'm always like, what the fuck is going on? I think I have really dry humor where it's hard to tell when I'm trying when I'm making a joke. Pig Latin is that that I think I know like a version of Pig Latin. It's the one where you put like the end of it in the front. Oh no, I I when I was in school, I learned this language from a couple friends where you add like a th in front of all the vowels. Oh, maybe that is Pig Latin. I was thinking of like purpose is like um separate. Oh no. This one like life with purpose would be like love the guy with the gift the girl the guess. <laughs> it was and like but we used to like speak that way in class and nobody nobody could figure out what the hell we were saying. But we knew. So like I know I I, am, I think that might be a big one. I am like proficient in this language that I, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that I'm bilingual because I know ASL. Oh, yeah. And so people are like, are you bilingual? And I'm like, no. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I am. (laughs) I do know a whole ass other language. Three, apparently. Three of them, apparently. But one of them, you don't know what it's called. And that's okay. I have no idea what it's called. Well, on that note. We'll just catch you guys next time. Thadalyn. This hurts. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, I have to pee so bad.